men to be saved, there is only one way, and that is one man like Ezekiel to step out in the midst of that valley and preach the only message God has promised to bless. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. How's it going, everybody? Uh, my name is Neil Groudon, and right here to my left, I have uh, Evan Westfall. Hi. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a kind of a spicy topic today. Um, some of you may know, uh, Evan and I attend uh, Grand Canyon University, and uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about American evangelicalism and how that has influenced um, America, really, and we're going to kind of put a spotlight on GCU today. Um, so just like that passage said, um, we're talking about how people will have itching ears and they will turn to things that, that make them feel better. They'll turn to things that, so to speak, like a self-help type of type of thing rather than the gospel. Um, and so really we just want to talk about a few things of importance, like how, how churches look these days, the type of worship, um, type of preaching. Uh, there's a whole lot that we could go into. Um, but I want to start off with this. Um, Evan and I are, um, studying in the theology program here at GCU. Um, we're in the what's called the Barnabas program. It's a five-year program to get a master's degree. Um, and I'm, I say that in no way to brag about ourselves. Um, but I say that just so that you guys may know that we're in, in the know a little bit with the theology department. Um, and we've seen some stuff on GCU that's a little concerning. So, a lot concerning. Yeah. Do you have yeah. anything else to say? Uh, I don't know. There, there's a few like symptoms, you might say, or tenants. I don't know of the kind of brand of Christianity that we're that we're kind of getting at here. Um, I, I would say one of them is um, just general like man centeredness. I don't mean like male centered. I mean like human as opposed to God centered. Um, for example, you might hear a sermon where they talk about David and Goliath, and every single time you're David and Goliath is like your mean boss at work, or Goliath is your depression, or Goliath is, you know, whatever it is that you want, your retirement plan. I don't know. It varies. And kind of the far end of it will be just straight up prosperity gospel, Joel Osteen and whatnot. But there's, there's a lot of gray area, too. Like Elevation Church and Stephen Furtick really, really uh, worry me and a lot of other guys because um, their preaching is, it always just kind of goes that way. It's always, you know, like you're always the Israelites as God parts the Red Sea. You know, you're always David as he's slinging the stones. You're Samson ripping down the, the pillars in the temple, you know, rather than, you know, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You know, rather than I, I would say far more biblical understanding, not to say God doesn't, you know, do things, but the things God does isn't sling the stones at our mean boss, you know, 
he, he sanctifies us to make us more holy and to love him more, not um, have a more enjoyable and fun life, yeah. I guess. So um, I, I mentioned that we're in the uh, theology department. Um, also, Evan and I are the, we're, we're the guys that hold up signs on Lopes Way and street preach on Lopes Way. And um, I know that a lot of people don't like that. And that's exactly why we're, that, that's not the reason why we're doing this, but we're going to talk about why we think that um, that evangelism technique, that way of doing things is not unbiblical. It's not wrong. It's in very many ways right and better than um, what GCU has been doing in the recent years. Yeah, and I want to talk about the sort of the gospel of GCU and the gospel of American Christianity as yeah. opposed to the biblical one. Yeah, so... I think to start off, we'll talk. Um, I want to. I want to start off with GCU um, Chapel. Okay, I want to talk about GCU Chapel. So, um, I've watched a lot of the chapels that have come out um, on YouTube. I haven't gone to any of them um, for many reasons, but the first one primarily is I want to make sure that when I'm when I'm when I'm singing. When I'm singing a, a song, when I'm trying to worship God, I, I feel I can feel comfortable knowing that the people around me are also worshiping God. That's not to say that everybody who goes to chapel is a heathen and is horrible and wicked. Okay, I'm not saying that. Okay, I, I know that there are people that go to chapel that really, truly are worshiping God and love God. And, and we want to give the benefit of the doubt to people we don't know. So we're not indicting people that we don't know based on a tiny amount of information. Just yeah. However, in chapel, we have a very long amount of worship where we are singing very, very contemporary Christian music. And that gets on a whole other topic um, that I want to just kind of sidestep and talk about for a moment. When we worship God, it's not, it, it should never be about the people on stage. It should never be about the, the worship leader or the guitar player, the piano player. It shouldn't be about the ambient music in the background. It also shouldn't be about us. It also shouldn't be about us. The, the singing. Yeah, it, sh it, should never be, it should never be about anybody in that room. It should all be glorifying to God. Mm -hmm. And so when we have a, when we have a huge band playing this ambient music, Really impressive, loud music. Really, yeah, really impressive, loud music. That's that's ultimately. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Toys with your emotions. It tricks people when when that when that electric guitar hits that high note, and somebody feels like shivers running down their spine. They're tricked into thinking that that's God. Yeah, they can they keep saying Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come in, Holy Spirit, and then bass drop. Not really bass drop. It's not a rave, but you know what I mean. And like. I think that's what Neil's getting at with the manipulating your emotions. You know, it's kind of that, that thing that we've all seen that Paul Washer's always yelling about. The loud music, manipulating your emotions, and then the pastor comes up and he says, I know God's calling you tonight. I know you feel his Holy Spirit, you know, but you actually just have high blood pressure because there's a lot of distortion on the guitar. And then he says, come to the altar if you want to receive Jesus into your heart. And then people go up into the altar and then they walk away excited, but then 
two or three weeks later, they don't have a changed heart. They're living exactly the same way they were, but they think that they're saved and their heart is hardened to the gospel now because they went up at the altar. They, they walked the aisle one time because the music, you know, and we're not, we're not saying that like loud music is of the devil or anything like that. We like loud music, but like, I guess what we're getting at is, are we drawing in unbelievers with the gospel, with a proper, with, with the message of the gospel from the Bible? You know, are we, are we addressing unbelievers the way people in the Bible do, the way the apostle Paul does and the way Jesus does and the way Peter does, or are we giving them the things that they already want? Yeah. You know, exactly. And in worship, especially if, if you toy with people's emotions while they're worshiping, they can be tricked into that so easily. And in with that being said, what that means is that we're tricking people and we're tricking them to idolize emotion and feeling over God. That's what, that's what we do when, whenever we replace God with anything. You replace God's, you replace God in worship with a fancy guitar or with, with I'm not saying that like we have to sing a cappella and that's it. Okay. But what I am saying is, the person on stage is just another sheep singing with other sheep. They're not any better. They, they, they sometimes like dress like they're a lot better or they act like they're a lot better, but they are just another sheep. And like, it's, it's just them leading the entire group, but they're no better. They're no different than the rest of the group. And I think that's what's so missed out on in so many of the, of the, this contemporary worship is it just takes God out of the situation and places in this emotion that tricks people. And it's really, it's really wrong. It's really bad. However, I will say that I have met lots of people who go to chapel, who, when they go to chapel, worship the living God of the Bible. I'm not saying that everybody that goes and worships there is not actually worshiping God, but it is very easy to just have somebody new come to chapel and be tricked into thinking that they're a Christian when they are not. They were never born again. They, they never actually heard the gospel of their salvation. And they just were tricked into thinking that they were saved because they felt shivers running down their spine as that ambient chord came up on the piano. And that's God. But that's not God. That's emotions. Um, so... I, I, and then next, I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about the preaching. A, a twenty-minute-long, like I, and this is this is not in any way meant to be mean or rude to the to the speakers. Okay, it's a twenty-minute motivational speech. Sometimes God is God is the central piece, but it seems to me that every single time. They try to say something about, they, they try to avoid the spicy, hard topics to hear. They try to avoid God's wrath, God's justice. They try to avoid the things that are going to turn people away so that they can, so that they can give the itching ears what they want to hear. And I just, I have an example of that right here. This was, um, I don't remember when this chapel was given. It, I have it on my phone as January 8th. I, I recorded it because I could not believe what I was hearing. 
But this is very clearly false teaching here. And uh, let me just let me just play it. what we learned in chapel it was right after new year's um and that twists so much of what god is saying throughout the entirety of the bible it's yeah evan's got a verse go ahead uh this is first thessalonians chapter four uh verse three and onward for this is the will of god your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and in honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So, like, God's plan for your life is not that you'll have the internship you want or the job you want or the grade you want. If God so chooses to, you know, bless your career so that you can glorify him, then awesome. But he very well may not do that, and you may have a lame career, because God's goal for your life is not a great career. It's not a great retirement. In fact, riches are exactly the thing we're warned of. You know, yeah. it's, it's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, so that's, I mean... I don't even know if I can say that that's like softcore prosperity gospel. That was just like straight up prosperity. So yeah, and that, that was that was in a that was in a GCU chapel. Okay, and my question is is what what happens to the to the person who is tricked into believing that they're a Christian, and then they hear this and they say, oh, so if I get down and I pray, God's going to give me a job, and then the next week their entire family dies in a car accident. Everything goes wrong. What's going to happen to that person? They're going to say, God, I, what? God, you, I prayed. You're not supposed to do this to me. And then they're going to fall away because they hate God. Okay. I, I want to give you guys an example of something like this. Um, many times I've heard something along these lines. Oh, you know, I, I, had a, I had a friend and they thought that church was really boring and they, they just didn't like it because it was all about this and that. And then, and then I brought them to my church and they, they enjoyed it so much because the worship was just so great. And the speaker was just so great. And, and then they became a Christian. Okay. But I, keep this in your mind. Okay. What you win them over with is what you win them over to. If you win them over to a church or to Christianity because of nice music, or you win them over to Christianity because they think that they're going to get an internship, or you win them over to Christianity because of they, it says it's just going to deal with your anxiety and your depression and your brokenness. If like if you 
if whatever you win them over with is what you win them over to, what happens to that person when suddenly the sound system goes out and it's just an, or it's just an acoustic guitar and like 20 people singing to God. And what happens if the pastor suddenly leaves the nice charismatic pastor, who's just nice to everybody who seems like a great guy and he just leaves. And then you get a 70 year old man who is super monotone, but is speaking the truth about God. What's going to happen to them? They're going to start to hate church because it's boring because they were never in it in the first place. They never really understood why they were going there. They just went there because it was nice. And that's what we're trying to combat. We can't have that. When we trick people into thinking that they're Christians, when we twist the word of God in any way so that it is less like hurtful or is just holding back the truth from them, and then they think, that they're a Christian because one day this happened. That's when you have the depart from me. I never knew you workers of lawlessness. Those aren't my words, but those are, those are God's words. So go ahead. Um, so, so the problem is like, what, what is the message that the church is putting out? You know, like we see the message of, we have great worship music. Um, and then, and then maybe the gospel message, like we see shirts all the time that, that say, you know, Jesus loves you. And, and you might have someone that says, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And, and we absolutely do not deny that there is forgiveness and mercy held out freely to anyone in this world. And nobody is worse than us. We, we acknowledge and affirm those things joyfully. However, I please email us Find us the verse where, where that's the preaching of the gospel, where that's the, that's the invitation to the unbeliever. I have Acts 2 in front of me. Peter describes how Jesus was the Christ, and, and he's talking to the Jews, and he says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And then it, now, sorry, moving on, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on. And so but what is the preaching of the gospel in Acts 2? I know it's just one example, but here's one biblical example. Peter says, You murdered God himself, your Messiah. You murdered him. And they're cut to the heart. And, and he says, God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And then by God's grace, they're convicted. And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, you know, flee from wickedness, flee from condemnation, and find forgiveness in Christ. It's not rocket science. Peter did not, did not walk into the synagogue and say, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Do you know Jesus loves you? Because you, you can't just say that. To unbelievers, it because it's it's just not. I mean, G, uh, Neil just said that Jesus said, or he said that he's going to say to those who don't belong to him, "Depart from me, I never knew you." So what if you you tell the unbeliever, "Hey, you know Jesus loves you. He just really wishes you just turn to him. He really just he really wants you to love him so much, and he just loves you so so much. He really loves you." And then they die, and Jesus says, "Depart from me, I never knew you." 
They're going to turn around and look at you and say, now what in the heck? You told me he loves me and he just cast me into hell. What kind of garbage is that? That's what happens when you preach the gospel in a completely unbiblical way. Now, is it wrong to preach the love of Jesus? No, just preach it in its context. The love of Jesus only makes sense in the context of the world we live in. Because if you preach to sinners who are under condemnation, you know, sinners just like we ourselves are, and we were under condemnation as well, so I say this with humility, but if you tell sinners who are under condemnation, they're at enmity with God, Ephesians 2, you preach to them, Jesus loves you so much, no matter what, God loves you no matter what, and that's your message to them, you're deceiving them into thinking that they're safe from the wrath to come when biblically you, you've you're giving them unwarranted hope. You know, there is hope, but it's for those who repent and believe in the gospel. Yeah. And for those, there's complete and utter free forgiveness of sin and grace abounding and, and all of that. But anyways. Yeah. And, the, and the Bible is not, it never says that God like loves the sinner. Yes, there is a general love for mankind in that he sent his son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, to love the world. but yeah, but it, it says here, it's, this is Psalm chapter 5, verse 6. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. The Lord doesn't love the bloodthirsty and deceitful man, but he abhors him. Okay, that like, there's just, it, it's so clear throughout all of the Bible. There is no building up of man whatsoever. Romans 1. There is no building up of man. It is always man is wicked. And God's love only goes so far as the cross, as Evan once said to me, and I've kept it with me because it means the truth. God only loves those who are in Jesus. He only truly loves them as children when they are in Christ. Okay. And then I want to read you guys. I know that you guys know this. John 3, 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But keep reading. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. If they are not in Jesus, then they are condemned already. Right now, at this very moment, they are standing condemned before a holy, a holy judge. And you're saying it's okay. And, and, yeah. and well, not you, but, but this gospel we're talking this about. This gospel that says, Don't worry. of American evangelicalism is. It just says, just come to church. You know, just, just maybe, maybe cut out a sin or two, you know, demonstrate some love, you know, start, maybe come to my small group. And, and that's all, nothing of repentance, you know. And I, I got another example of gospel preaching here in Acts. This is Paul again, and he's preaching to. Uh, the Areopagus, that's how you say it. <laughs> um, but it's a bunch of philosophers in Athens. And then these are these are unbelieving Gentiles, so non-Jews, if you might say, oh, well, you can only preach that way to the Jews. Um, so Paul, I th- it's kind of like he gets cut off at the end here because um, they start mocking when he talks about the resurrection of the dead. But kind of the culmination of his gospel presentation is, um, so he says, God... He's overlooked the times of ignorance when all the nations ignored God and went after their own idols. You know, not that they're without guilt, but now that Jesus has come and now that salvation has been offered to the Gentiles, God now commands 
So this is verse 30. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So Paul's gospel message is, it's not, hey, just come, just come to my church. You know, Jesus loves you so much. Would you just maybe come to my church? Let me just talk about how much Jesus loves you. You know, I mean, he, we, we, they can talk about that, but, but the problem is that they're unrepentant in sin and they, they're unbelieving. So he says, look, God is commanding all people everywhere to repent, and he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. There will be a day of judgment, so repent. I mean, is that, is that the gospel message that you're going to hear at, at your average, you know, sorry, Hillsong Church? You know, is that, is that, the, is that the message that, I mean, is it, is it the message of the Bible? You know, what's the message of the Bible? Like, again, please find us the verse where the gospel is presented in the way that you see it presented today. Find us the verse in the Bible and we will we will shut up. But as long as we see a giant gaping chasm between the message of the Bible and the message of contemporary American Christianity, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, this is not this is not to say that like I, I'm saying this with all understanding that there are very, 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 very devout, God-loving, spirit-filled, born-again Christians that are at GCU, that are going to chapel, that are attending the worship nights and all these things. I'm not saying in any way, we are not saying that we hate those people. I, I'm just saying that we have to we have to be careful. We have to be very, very, very careful not to not to idolize what we want to hear over what we need to hear. And so I, I just, I, I really want to just emphasize that with you guys, that we are, we are saying this with all humility, not saying that we are any better because without Christ, we are nothing. And I also want to just say that like, there, like we don't say these things out of just, just to like get at GCU and to, just to say gotcha. Just to say, ha But, like, I respect GCU very, very much. I, I, there's many, many professors here that are amazing, and I'm sure leadership people, and many students that are awesome, devout Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ that we love. And also, in the, we're not saying every single American Christian, except ones who think exactly like us, are false, not safe, not born again, you're going to hell. That's not what we're saying. We're, yeah. we're, we're just trying to lay out and point out and expose the, the major, major issues of teaching in, in the world we live in today. And I would say, and I would say that the people who are going to chapel and are going to the worship nights and stuff that are here on campus, I would say that they are Christian. Um, they are Christian. Um, what, what's the, what's the saying you always say? Not because they went. But oh, but in, yeah, not not because of the American gospel, but in spite of the American gospel. Yeah, though the American gospel is what is being preached, they are they are Christian in in spite of in spite of in spite of yeah. that. Okay, yeah. and so so I I that was the next topic I wanted to talk about a little bit was the wor- worship nights, just worship in general. We kind of already briefly touched on it, but. I, we know a little bit because we had we've had meetings with GCU about 
our evangelism um, on campus. Uh, we've been able to talk to them a little bit. And the worship nights are not, they're not designed to, to really preach the gospel. They're just, it's just a worship night. There's no speaker or anything. We know that. I mean, that isn't to say that worship has to be like a. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not. But so it's not like that. But the point is, like with worship nights, um, is they're hoping that somebody is just going to invite an unbeliever there. Yeah. And that's kind of the extent of evangelism or outreach type stuff on campus. That's really common in the church today is evangelism consists of merely inviting someone to church and that's it. And then when they come to church, you know, it's kind of rare that your average sermon today actually has the gospel. You know, most of the time it's all about you know, a bunch of other things. Hey, yeah. keep praying for the job you want. Yeah, exactly. So it's so that's that's something that we are really going to try to combat because preaching the gospel is not just inviting somebody to a worship night. Because once again, what happens when an unbeliever stum- stumbles into a worship night with a bunch of their semi-Christian friends, um, and then they are tricked into believing or tricked into thinking that they are Christian because they they felt some sort of emotion or they they cried a little bit when that piano hit that note or it just that that's what that is not right. They have to know the gospel. That is the message they have to hear. It's the only message that God has promised to bless, as our intro always says, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have to preach the gospel message that the Bible teaches. We have to not hold back. We can't listen to the itching ears and and just give them what they want to hear. But we have to give them the truth laid out and plain. We have to give them the truth. And that leaves us with one last thing, and that's life leaders. The people that are leading on campus, okay? It's, so it's not, GCU is not just only invite them to chapel or worship night, but they have these life leaders, right? They're on every floor. That's your next argument. Well, I'm not saying this about every life leader. Once again, I'm not saying that I'm any better than anybody. I'm not trying to step up on my soapbox and just rant about how horrible GCU is. That's not our goal. From the words of the yeah, but pastor, but right? there there's these were words from the some of the leaders in spiritual life. They told us in our meeting that having someone explain the gospel is a little too hard because even life leaders on campus cannot do that. Think about that. We're putting somebody on a floor in charge of an entire floor of kids who right at this moment are trying to figure out what their lives are going to be like. Who are trying to figure out what kind of job they're going to have for the rest of their lives. And we have somebody leading them who does not know the gospel. That's not to say that everybody that is a life leader doesn't know the gospel. But it's, but it's, been, it's very evident that... that they said even our life leaders don't know how to do that. Yeah, like even some it's of like their life leaders don't know how to do that. Like if you want them to be saved, who is going to who's going to tell, tell them the gospel? The gospel? <laughs> who's going to tell them the message that that is that the saves. only yeah, the only message that saves. If it 
So that's that's the point, you guys. Is that's that's the point that we're trying to drive home here. Is the gospel is the message that saves people. It's not the it's not the it's not the music. It's not the like really 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 charismatic, nice, friendly pastor who doesn't talk about the truth of the Bible, but only tells you the pieces that you want to hear. And it's not the message of how much God loves you. Period. No matter what. Period. Yeah, because now by because God does lo- He loved the world to send His Son, and forgiveness is offered out to the unbeliever. But if they die in their sin, I don't think they're gonna feel very loved yeah. by God. They're not. They're gonna be sent straight into eternity in flames, eternity in fire. Think about that. Consider that. The message of the gospel is the only message that God has promised to bless. It is not even the worship, the worship leader, the worship music. Okay, like we are not to idolize emotion. We are not to trick people into thinking that they are saved because of emotions that are in the shivers that are running down their spine or the pastor who tells them, keep praying and then you can have a new you in the new year. New job. And a new job and an internship. Not, not a new you, you who's finally conquered, you know, sexual sin or is a less angry person or is more like Jesus. But has a better internship. Yeah, and th- and that's gracious. that's we can't do that. We have to run from that idea like a wildfire because that's what it is. Run to scripture. Run into run into the arms of Jesus and run to the scriptures mm-hmm. to see what God has to say about these things. And ultimately, you guys, the message of the gospel. It it is veiled to those who are perishing. We can't think that we're just going to woo people in. We can't just think that we're going to woo people into the church. We can't think that in any way we can trick them or woo them into coming to church and just having a good, happy, fun time. Well, like it's, it's not, we're not trying to woo them in. Mm -hmm. That's not our goal. We're, we're heralders, not marketers. A heralder just proclaims something. He doesn't dictate the, the content of it. That's what Paul did. He said, look, repent of your sin. God's going to judge the world by the man he's appointed, the God-man, Jesus Christ, who he raised from the dead. So repent of your sin. Turn to God. Yeah. And That's, I want to read you guys this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's the whole passage is called the light of the gospel. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, disgraceful underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The, the message of the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing. And we refuse to tamper with God's word or to practice cunning. What I mean, read that and then just take a second thought at the idea of studying and keeping track of how to get people into church. You know, keeping track of how many get through the door each each Sunday. What kind of sermons 
make people come back. I mean, really think about it. Yeah. We refuse to tamper with God's word or practice calling, but by the open statement, open statement of the truth. Yeah. We commend ourselves. So I, I just want to close up with that. You guys that we, we, I'm not saying the GCU is horrible. I mean, me and Evan are on a really, we're in a great program that has been, is going to save us a ton of money that is like it, through the college of theology, the Barnabas program. It's just such a blessing to us. And many students and professors and leadership that we love and that are true brothers and sisters in Christ and that are joining us in this. Well, I don't want to say that like we're great leaders, but just that agree with us in these things. And I've talked to many professors who have the same exact ideas that, that we do and that we are right now we are straying. We're listening to horrible music. I mean, when, there's been many times I've ridden my skateboard past the volleyball courts here and just heard the most horrible music being played on GCU speakers. And many times I, I work at the pool where I, I just hear, I hear someone talking about Christianity about going to church while they're listening to just the most wicked music. And that's what we're trying to combat. We can't, can't allow those, we can't allow this American culture to tamper with God's word. We have to allow God's word to change the culture into a more Christ-like culture. And I, I want to close up with this. <clears throat> if sinners be damned, at least, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. God bless you guys.